Hey everyone, you're listening to Spark, where we amplify the voices of the Middle East startup, tech, and innovation ecosystem. I'm your host, Shireen, and along with our guests, we share with you expert insights on the latest and most relevant news. Our goal is to help you easily digest trending topics and be better equipped to know what to make of it all. startup news is all about Tamara these days. They've just closed a Series A round and raised $110 million. Now, for those of you who don't know Tamara, no, it's not a person. It is a Saudi-based buy-now-pay-later startup. Now, they were founded just last year in 2020 and raised $6 million in seed funding just this past January. And so the jump from six to $110 million is an indicator of just what a big deal this space is at the moment. In fact, the reason this entire news is such a big deal, which is why I'm talking about it on today's episode is that these numbers just don't exist in the MENA space. Well, until now. So here's to all the startups in the region. May you all see such crazy numbers in your funding rounds in the near future. Now, listeners, a small favor from my end to ask of you. We've partnered with a group of master students from the London School of Economics to help build our strategy for season two. We'd love to hear your inputs on what you want out of the podcast so that we can build content that's relevant for you. Now, the way you can help us out is by filling out a short survey that I promise will not take a long time. All you have to do after you listen to this episode is scroll down to the episode description wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever really, fill out the survey, and then our research team will get to cracking on how next season should look like. Now, listeners, one last update from my end. I'm excited to announce the beginning of my one-on-one coaching course on copywriting and verbal communication skills. Now, through my experience with podcasting and helping hundreds of entrepreneurs pitch their ideas to investors and prospect clients, clients, you might say I've picked up a thing or two or three or four on how to put your best foot forward. Now, first impressions matter, and I'm excited to help you brush up on your presentation skills. Now, to learn more about this exclusive coaching opportunity, you can email me at hello at sparkwithshereen.com. And spaces are limited. I'll be taking on only five clients this year so that I can provide them with a meaningful coaching experience. So if you're interested, please write to me sooner rather than later. Now, on to today's episode. This is the sixth episode of our seven-part collaboration series with 500 Startups. Now, in today's episode, we sit down with Rasha Radi, who's the CEO and co-founder of Shifa, which is a pharmacy platform that helps patients order, schedule, and have medicine delivered right to their doorsteps. Now, Rasha is a pediatrician by background who got out of her comfort zone and into the entrepreneurship world to serve patients and have a larger impact on the community. Now, together we discuss the benefits of building online apps to serve your customers better, how to retain customers through subscription models, understanding and applying consumer preferences to e-commerce platforms, and the dynamics of the Egyptian ecosystem to consider when building a local startup. And now enough of me talking, let's jump to today's interview. How are you? It's nice to meet you. Same here. I'm, I'm great. How about you? Alhamdulillah, Kashita Mom. You, by the way, Rasha, are my first guest in Egypt. Yes. Now, the podcast is meant to cover the MENA startup ecosystem as a whole. But me being Bahraini and being based in the UAE, so far the representation has been very Khaliji. So I'm very, very glad to finally be bringing in the topic of Egypt, especially because there's such a huge consumer market there. 
Yes, uh, hundred uh, million population here. It's not a joke. You can build a tech unicorn company targeting Egypt alone, especially if you're B two C. Correct? Yes, in theory. Yes. In theory, but practically, you also need KSA. <laughs> in the case A, you uh, need B two B. You need partners everywhere. Can't go anywhere alone. You have to have your partners and support. Absolutely. With that, why don't we start by talking about Shifa? It, of course, means healing in Arabic, correct? Yes. Cure. We prefer to say Shifa. It means cure in the Arabic. And why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the company in terms of what you guys do, and then we'll dig deep into the model as well as the Egypt market that you operate in. Okay, so we are Shifa, and we write that with a C because... The French way. <laughs> well, it's the French way, but also when we thought about it, we when we first started, our main customer segment that we've been trying to reach out to was chronic patients. And mm. Is the Arabic word for pure? So chronic challenges change. It all came up with a C, and uh, that's why. Okay, let's go with the French way. It makes sense. So what Jefet does basically, we are a GPS-enabled platform to enable patients order, schedule, refill their recurring prescriptions, as well as manage all their pharmacy needs. We are the smart pharmacy benefits platform. So how we do that, basically, we built two mobile apps connecting patient and pharmacy. On the patient side, patients simply upload the prescription, choose method of payment, submit it. It will be directed to the nearest pharmacy as per the GPS location. On the other side, the pharmacy receives notification of a new prescription, review it, and if they have what the patient needs, they will simply accept, prepare, and deliver. If they don't have what the patient needs, they will simply reject from their side. In such case, the prescription is forwarded to the next pharmacy and so on until a pharmacy accepts, prepares, and delivers. Now, I have a question. Does the consumer know which pharmacy is fulfilling their order or is this all done in the back end and as far as the consumer knows, they're dealing with Shifa? No, by law, the user and the patient has to know which pharmacy is serving them. The order, the prescription is assigned to a pharmacy that accepted it. You will see the name of the pharmacy that he should expect the prescription from. Because by the end of the day, the pharmacy will be the one delivering this prescription and the receipt they're going to receive with the medication has the pharmacy name on it. So he knows that Shifet is offering him a huge network of pharmacies. And instead of him going knocking door to door, looking for what he needs, Shifet is doing this for him. And once a pharmacy is assigned, he will say, voila, Here's the name of the pharmacy. They are preparing your prescription and it's going to be delivered to your doorstep. Got it. So effectively, Shifa is more of a marketplace, not an e-commerce company, correct? Exactly. What is the main problem that Shifa caters for in Egypt? Why is it a hassle for consumers to pick up their prescriptions from pharmacies? Let me tell you what happened in 2017. In 2017, my co-founder was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Problem was for her to get her daily life long meds regularly afterwards. She would mispronounce the name of her medication when ordered over the phone, so she would get the wrong medication. Sometimes she may not even find it, so she has to go look for it door-to-door, pharmacy-to-pharmacy until she finds what she needs. It's something that happens a lot here in Egypt, repeated episodes of certain medication. And naturally, because this is a new situation for her, she would forget to take her medications. In addition to other problems, the lack of awareness, the education, patients about their medication. I remember the day the 
Jiraiya came up with this idea and she only had her laptop and mobile phone. And she gave me this phone call telling me I can literally order anything I need online except for the medicine I'm going to need for the rest of my life. The prescription medication, correct? Yes. I told her, yeah, you're not alone in that. Unfortunately, most of chronic patients may find difficulty with getting their medication regularly. They may suddenly can't find what they need and they have to keep looking for it in order to secure it. And uh, chronic patients is directly affected by accessibility to their medication regularly. Now patients can actually have access to so many pharmacists that can fulfill their prescription, secure it ahead of time. They don't need to go knock doors. In addition to other services that we have, and that includes 24-7 support managed by licensed pharmacists, an Arabic-speaking pharmaceutical block to educate the patients about their medication, the sound use of medications, the dosage reminders. We have built a dosage reminder. So, Rashid, it seems like Shifa has a very interesting layer in addition to the delivery of pharma products, which is around the enhancement of the whole customer experience when it comes to taking meds. So like you mentioned, there are dose reminders that pop up when a customer uses the app. Is that an intentional approach from your end as a company in order to be a one-stop shop for, let's say, the journey of a consumer taking meds above and beyond delivery? Yes, exactly. It's not just delivery the medication. We design all our services around the chronic patient needs, helping them to improve their compliance and adherence to treatment. We help them remember to take their medication. That's fantastic. Rasha, I'd love for you to give me insights on the Egypt consumer market, given that you're a big B2C business. You mentioned consultation in Arabic and language is the first thing I, I'd like to discuss because it seems that when I meet Egyptians here, their default native language is Arabic. Whereas if you walk around, especially the eastern parts of the Gulf, people from the UAE, Bahrain, Kuwait will default to English instead of Arabic. So what is the language dynamic like in Egypt and how are you as a business being mindful of that? The app itself can be found in both languages, Arabic or English. So you choose as per your phone what language the app goes for. But regarding the consultations, throughout 2020, we have received consultations from not just Egypt, actually from Case A, UAE, Kuwait, Iraq, Oman, and they all went for Arabic. What language Egyptians prefer, it is the Arabic language. A minority may go for uh, the English language, but it's not really a problem because our pharmacists respond in the language that the patient prefers. However, the consultation that we have received from other countries other than Egypt, they were also in Arabic. The Khaliji Arabic may have some words that's different from the Egyptian. The more difficult was not the Khaliji, it was Algeria. The Algerian Arabic. Oh, I don't understand what Algerian people say. I went to go visit in 2019 and I couldn't understand what was going on. We had to speak in English. Yes, they all used Arabic, actually. However, we sometimes we may not understand the words. So when we ask for clarification, they move on to the English to make it clear. But there was no huge language barrier when it comes to asking for consultation. So, Rasha, another aspect of the Egyptian consumer market fascinates me, and that's the big cash economy. From my understanding, Egypt has a very big unbanked population, and so cash is still a, a means of payment. So I wonder, does Shifa offer offer cash payment, cash on delivery, or have you transitioned totally to e-payments? You have to understand that before COVID was a certain reality, after COVID, a new reality erupted and everyone is adjusting themselves to the new reality. 
almost only 3 to 4% of the population would go for online payment. And the rest, they prefer cash and delivery. And we had no problem with that because by the end of the day, the pharmacy delivers. So basically, they send their delivery boy with the medication that patient asked for and they will simply pay the pharmacy. Another way, we take our commission from the pharmacy. 3 to 4% is really low. <laughs> that is predominantly cash economy. Yes, there have been so many attempts to go for financial inclusion, but they weren't really successful. However, after COVID, people were scared to handle money. So they were forced into this online payment thing. They wanted they wanted to go for cashless transaction. Interesting. Yes, and that's why we have launched the Shifat wallet where they can charge by Fauri, by credit card. Throughout 2020, we have proceeded with integrations with the number one payment gateway in Egypt, Fauri, in order to allow for those who are really ready to adapt to the online payment to find a safe gateway for that. However, even though because of after COVID, after the first wave, this percentage has might have increased up to 6% or something. Now, people are not really as scared as before. So they went back to their comfort zone. Back to old habits. <laughs> Russia, I'm curious. You mentioned that various efforts to embrace financial inclusion have not worked. I'm curious as to why not. So what's happening in Egypt? Why are people so hesitant? Not just online payment, by the way, online shopping in general. After COVID during 2020, the reports have mentioned that the online shopping in Egypt has increased by more than 940%. But yet the payment method of, of preference is cash on delivery. Yes, but this has introduced them to the online way. Oh, wow. Baby steps then, I suppose. Yes, exactly. Interesting. So, Rasha, going back to Shifa, in a very heavily regulated industry like healthcare, I'm curious, how did you go about navigating regulators' requirements? Because I'm sure it wasn't easy to introduce a platform that effectively is a middleman for prescriptions. Prescriptions, at least here in the UAE, are a very regulated and controlled process within healthcare. So what was your experience dealing with the regulators if it was a burden at all? In the beginning, you have to understand that the regulations for uh, to regulate medications in the pharma industry here, the laws were put and written back in the 1950s. There was no phone, there was no mobile at that time. Uh, we have been working on educating everyone what we're trying to do and that we are really following the regulations, both the law and the regulations of uh, pharma practice. And one of our efforts that we have went for was pitching Shefa in front of the parliament members. Mm -hmm. We show them how we are following all the regulations. A, we are not handling prescription itself. B, we only partner up with registered pharmacists. And as per the contract, we have listed all the regulations that has to be fulfilled by the pharmacy. B, the pharmacy is the one delivering the medication, not Shifa, because as per the Egyptian law, no third party should handle the medication themselves between the pharmacy and the patient. So we are not the ones delivering the medication to the patient. Got that. So effectively, your model, if I've understood correctly, is built around the regulatory requirements. Exactly. We are just bringing it online. One of the questions that we were asked what do you do with the antipsychotics and the narcotics? As per the law, if you have a prescription for certain antipsychotics, you have to be physically present in the pharmacy for the pharmacist to receive the prescription physically, stamp it, and take it. So the law here is very clear. This cannot be simulated online. So we don't do it. 
Mm, got it. Got it. So there are still some aspects of pharma where a consumer will need to go visit a pharmacist in person. I'm actually curious when it comes to meds, most meds are repeat purchases, particularly if they're prescriptions for things like chronic illnesses. So I'm curious as a consumer on Shifa, do I need to reinitiate orders every time I'm low on supply or do you have some kind of a subscription intelligence model built in where given that you track dose and dose reminders, Shifa can automatically top up when I'm low as a consumer on my meds. Yes, the patient can schedule their monthly prescriptions. So say they, uh, they take tablet per day from medication X. So per month, they need 30 tablets. In the app, we would mention the date of the month that they would like to receive their monthly prescriptions. One week ahead of a estimated time of delivery, we confirm the patient still needs the same amount or if they would like to do any editing to that. So now they have scheduled ahead. Very interesting. And I believe I read somewhere online as I was prepping for our call that Shifa also does some B2B business and that you white label particular medicines. Am I correct? Yes, we have planned to do some white labeling products. However, our initial plan was to do that five years from now. But because of COVID, we thought it was a good idea to start now. And our first started to white label. This plan exists. We started with medical masks and we'll see how it's going to go forward with that. Good idea to start with the basics. Masks and hand sanitizers, which is what everyone needs at the moment. Just to kind of loop back to the beginning of our discussion, which was around whether you can be a, you know, unicorn billion dollar size company by serving Egypt alone. And you reckon that, no, you would need to expand and then you throughout the discussion touched on the fact that through your consultation line of business, you have clients reaching out to Shifa from other parts of the Arabian continent or subcontinents rather. So Rasha, in your words, you guys are in Egypt right now, but where are you looking to expand to next, whether it's your B2B line of business or your B2C line? We're going to move aggressively on the B2B in addition to the B2C. As for the geographic expansion, we are planning to expand beyond Egypt. Our first stop shall be KSA. As a matter of fact, uh, the COVID has made the paperwork and the legal aspect of the expansion a little bit slow. Based on our pilot on KSA, we can decide what our next stop will be. Sounds amazing. And would that be both a B2C and a B2B expansion in KSA or is this just Shafa's B2C platform? The initial plan is to start with the B2C, of course, and we are still making some arrangement for the possibility to start from the B2B. Any pilot, you move on with the initial plan that can change based on the data. We are very data-driven. After we start there, we can see how it's going to move on. Fantastic. Rasha, best of luck with your expansion. With that, I'd like to thank you very much for your time. It was wonderful to hear about the Egypt consumer market and its various dynamics, as well as to learn more about Shifa as a platform. Thank you so much for this. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to future episodes on your podcast listening platform of choice. And whilst you're there, leave a review and rate our show so that other aspiring innovators can find it. To find a summary of our discussion today and links to our guests, access our show notes 
by visiting our website, sparkwithshireen.com. If you don't want to miss out on future announcements, subscribe to our newsletter or follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at sparkwithshireen. Before you go, I'd like to let you know that we love hearing from our listeners. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, including guest or topic recommendations, drop us a message through our website or social platforms. If you didn't have a pen or paper handy to write all this down, don't worry. We've gone ahead and added all these links in the episode description. All you have to do is scroll down and click when you have a moment. As always, thank you for listening and see you next time.